Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Psalm 51. Grab your Bible and go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, if you have a Bible, should be right in the middle of your Bible. Right in the middle of your Bible as we're starting off summer. In a few uh, weeks, uh, all of our students are going on youth camp. Come on, it's going to be amazing. By the way, we're already at 200 youth going to summer camp, which is huge. And so make sure your middle schooler or high schooler is signed up. It's going to be an amazing week. Me and Dan are going to go. A few of us are going to go. We're going to have an awesome time. Psalm 51, as you're going there, look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you are sitting next to me. Online, tell us where you're watching from. Look at the person on the other side and tell them that you look really good today. Come on. Encourage somebody today. (laughs) Come on, we should be encouraged in the house of God. Psalm 51. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. I'm excited about today. I really think there's going to be healing in the house. I really think God wants to do something amazing as we look at this third song in our series. We're going to look at a different type of song. The first one was about wisdom in week one. Last week was gratitude, thankfulness about the Good Shepherd. Today, we're going to look at a, a song um, of repentance. Repentance. Psalm 51 is written by David. He's king at the time, and he's writing this song of repentance. I know there's a lot of songs. There's pop songs, bop songs, party songs. But sometimes you need a good song to bring you back to God. That's Psalm 51. We're going to read just a few verses, and then we'll talk about the rest of it. Psalm 51. If you're there, can you say amen? Listen to David's words. The title is The Choir Master of David When Nathan the Prophet Went to Him After He Had Gone Into Bathsheba. Verse number one Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me behold you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart verse number seven Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. 
spirit. Come on, how beautiful are the words of David. So a few more verses we're gonna talk about there. As we looked at the first 12 verses, what a beautiful song. What a beautiful prayer David has penned as he's talking to God in repentance. Today, we wanna talk about this third song in our series, and I've titled this message, if you're taking notes, Broken Bones and Hopeful Hearts. Broken Bones and Hopeful Hearts. We're gonna talk about this for the next few moments. Then uh, we're gonna worship God one more time. I think we should worship God and thank him for who he is. And come on, let's believe for healing today in Jesus' name. If today you came in discouraged, if today you're watching discouraged, if today maybe you find yourself broken, there is healing in Jesus' name for my life and for your life. And we're praying and believing that today. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your love, and for your mercy. Thank you for this amazing church, this family, every service we're having, every single family member across Calvary Church online. Uh, locally and around the world. Thank you for this beautiful community. Thank you for every person that builds this home, gives to this home, believes and sends it out around the world. God, multiply it and let so many people know about your good gospel, God. We love you. We thank you. Heal us today. And thank you for every dad represented in this community. Bless every father. Honor them, God. We're thankful for good fathers, God. We pray that you would honor them and their families today. Help them become better dads and God, we pray that you would bless them with all that they need, especially the one with six children, six daughters. That's a whole lot of help he needs. In Jesus' name, all of God's people say. Oh, come on, all of God's people say. Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus? Come on, online as well. In the year 2017, uh, the New York Knicks, a basketball team organization that you probably have heard of, in the year 2017, they made a decision to play one game without no music, entertainment, or noise in the arena. There was no music. There was no entertainment from the PA system. They wanted fans to just enjoy the sounds of the game. It, it wasn't a great idea. If you've been to any basketball game before, especially um, a Miami Heat game, you know that there's a whole lot of entertainment, music, the PA announcer, it's loud. And when there's two minutes left in the game, he says, dos minutos. Basketball fans know what I'm talking about. The New York Knicks, not a very bright organization, if I say so myself. Haven't even won a championship in over 40 years where over here in the last 15 years, we've won three. Hello, come on. Come on, somebody. Three championships. Uh, they decided it would be good to turn off the PA system, right? No sound, no music coming from the people above. The, the players were upset. The teams were weirded out. People were like, what is going on over here is the basketball and the sneakers. This is weird. We're missing something. Something has gone missing. All we hear is the basketball and the sneakers, they said it felt like a gym because there was a voice missing from above. I think in the same way in today's world, there's a lot of us that have turned off or tuned out the voice of heaven and all we're consumed by is the noise in our world. 
There's something missing in our lives. In the year 2021, in America, I believe, we're consumed by the noises around us, but we have the voice of heaven tuned out, and we are missing his voice in our life. We've tuned it out. We've turned it off. I I got this on my own. I can live this life and make choices on my own. But I think it represents a really big problem in our life. And that's that being spiritually death can result in spiritual death. Tuning out the voice of God in our life can result in a really, really bad place. Because I think then non-direction turns to indiscretion. All of a sudden, we don't have the voice of God to guide us, to lead us, to help us. We start making choices on our own. We think we have a handle on life. We think we have enough wisdom and strength and knowledge that we can handle life on our own. I don't need the voice of heaven in my life. I can do this on my own. And it's resulted in possibly spiritual death. I think there's people maybe here today or watching and 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 that's where you're at. You've made bad choices, poor choices. Our hearts have grown cold because of some of the decisions in our life. Our hearts has hardened. We don't follow God the way we used to. We're not passionate the way we used to be about God. We walk in here, but we can't worship the same because we've tuned out the voice of heaven in our life. And it's led us to dead ends in this life. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves spiritually poor, broken. And we're saying, God, I I need some help. And you're watching today or you're here today and you're saying, I feel spiritually dry, dead. The passion is gone. That fire is gone. My relationship with God seems to be broken. And I know it's because I tuned them out and I made some bad decisions in my life. We've all been there. Every single one of us, we've made decisions we're not proud of that leads us to shame and leads us to running from God instead of running to God. What I want to remind us of today is that if there is one place you can go, it is into the arms of the Father because he loves us, he's for us, and it does not matter how cold you feel. It does not matter how closed your heart may be. Come on, he's a good father. He's a good God. He loves us. He restores us. He picks us back up. Come on, he puts life in our lungs. He brings our heart back to life. That's the God that we have. Can I get an amen? He is a good God. Today, I want to tell you, you will always find restoration when you turn in repentance. Somebody say repentance. You will always find restoration when you turn in repentance. It's not too late. You haven't gone too far. It doesn't matter how dead you think you may be. Come on, he can bring us back to life if we just repent. The word repent, I don't know what you think about it, but all it means is to turn around. Somebody say turn around. If you were to get on the turnpike today and you were heading north and you had to get off on Kendall Drive, but you missed the exit, you have to get off on Bird Road, make a U-turn and turn Come on, somebody. And turn around. Today, if you are headed in the wrong direction and you've made bad choices in life and you feel spiritually dead, you need to repent. That means turn around. And when you do, there's life on the other side. There's restoration on the other side. Come on, there's fire on the other side. There's grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. Come on, that's the God that we have. Somebody give God a big praise. Come on. 
He's a restorer of all things. There's restoration when we turn in repentance. David, King David writes Psalm 51. And it's a beautiful psalm. And I'm glad that we have an inside look at his life after he's made some terrible choices in his life. David, the one who was a shepherd, the one who at one point was taking care of sheep as a young boy, has now become the prosperous king of Israel. And he's in his palace in all his success, which, by the way, should give us a heads up. Be careful with success. Sometimes we can be so blessed we forget the blesser. Sometimes we can be so successful that we forget where the good gifts came from. All of a sudden we have the cars we want. All of a sudden we have the house we dreamed of. All of a sudden we have the spouse we always prayed for. All of a sudden we have the kids, not the kids that we prayed for, but we got all the kids. We got a good job. We got the good salary. And we are so successful we forget about the one that all good gifts come from. That's why the proverb in, in Proverbs chapter 30, it says, don't give me poverty nor give me riches or I may become too poor and rob and insult you, God, or I may become too rich and forget you. Be careful with life. David, in all of his prosperity, in all of his success, he is now on the balcony of his palace as the king of Israel, successful king of Israel. And he's tuned out the voice of heaven. He's turned off the voice that used to speak to him when he, when he took care of the sheep. And he's in his balcony one day, and he's looking down from his balcony. And from his balcony, he sees a young lady named Bathsheba taking a bath. Bathsheba baths. Somebody say Bathsheba. From his balcony. Some of us went to Israel a couple of years ago, and we went down to what was believed to be David's palace. And from there, you can literally see from the city of David, you can see it all. You could just imagine him from his palace looking down and seeing a young lady. And David decides to call her up to the palace because he wants her to be his girl. She comes over to the palace. The king is calling you. She goes over and um, he has tuned out the voice of the Holy Spirit, tuned out the voice of God. And he sleeps with Bathsheba. Comes to find out she is married. And so David has committed adultery. Probably a few weeks later, a couple months later, he finds out she's now pregnant with a child. And so David, he, he's afraid. David knows he, he, he's made a bad decision. And so he tries to cover his sin. And he calls her husband from battle. By the way, her husband was out in the battlefield where's where the king was supposed to be. But because he was not doing or taking care of his responsibilities, he ended up in bad business. If you're not where you're supposed to be, you could end up in some bad business. Make sure you're in the right place at the right time or you could end up with the wrong consequences. And so he calls her husband back because he wants her husband to go and sleep with her so that way he thinks the child is his. But her husband comes and he's a man of integrity and he says, there's no way I'm going home and enjoying my wife while all my men are at war. He's a good man. And David's like, no, you, you, you go home. You should really go home. You need some rest. He's like, I can't. My men are at war. My men are at battle. And he stays by the gate of the palace. He says, I can't go home. I'm a man of integrity. Imagine your heart being so cold. Even that doesn't move you. David right there should have been convicted and said, I've done wrong. 
How can I repair this? And he continues to try to cover his sin. Have you ever tried covering your sin? It's quiet. Is the chat online quiet? Come on, it's quiet. We've been there and we try to cover our wrong choices. And David's like, go home, go home. I need you to go home. <laughs> and he's like, I will not go home. And so he, he plans his murder. And he calls the general of the army and he says, I need you to do something tomorrow when you go out to battle, leave him on the front line. And when the enemy attacks, everybody withdraw and let him be completely Surrounded by the enemy until he's murdered. David plots his murder. The man of God who once penned lyrics of worship while he took care of sheep out on the field is now an adulterer and a cold-blooded assassin. How far has David fallen? How cold can your heart get? You've tuned out the voice of heaven. Not once did he feel conviction. Not once did he feel wrong. In his success and prosperity, he has now cheated, become an adulterer, and murdered a man. And he tries to move on covering his sin until God sends a prophet to confront him. Because you can run for so long, but sooner or later, God will confront you with your sin because he loves you so much. Come on. Anybody thankful for that good God? Oh, you can run, you can hide, but he will find you sooner or later. And he sends Nathan the prophet. Somebody say Nathan. Nathan. Nathan the prophet goes up to him and Nathan is wise. God speaks to him and tells him how to speak to the king. And he says, king, i got a story to tell you. Something happened in the town. What is it, Nathan? He says, there was this man, a poor man. He had a, just one little, little sheep. There was this poor man who only had one sheep. There was another man in town who had a bunch of sheep. He had everything he wanted, but he decided to throw a party. And for the party, he decided not to kill one of his sheep to eat. He decided to grab the poor man's sheep, the only one sheep that he had, and make some gyros out of that little sheep. This man, like, committed crime. David is upset. David's like, how dare that rich man do that and take the poor man's sheep? That man must be dealt with and killed. And Nathan the prophet looks at him, probably points in it at his face, and says, you are that man. You are that man. David right there breaks down. Now conviction hits. Sometimes God will expose you because he loves you. Sometimes God will expose you to rescue you. God will expose you to free you. He needed to be exposed. David breaks down crying. David can't believe it. And he probably runs off into his room. And he begins to cry and weep on his face before God. And he begins to write Psalm 51, which we just read. Have mercy on me, oh God. One commentator said that Psalm 51 is the sinner's guide. It's beautiful. Victorinus, a German theologian, said this about the psalm. This psalm is the brightest gem in the whole book. And it contains instructions so large and a doctrine so precious that the tongue of angels could not do justice to the full development. It's a beautiful song that we have in our hands. Charles Spurgeon says, not only is this a private prayer, it should be a public song for all of us to sing in repentance. 
It's powerful what we're reading. David with tears in his eyes, sobbing, ugly cry. Not this cry. You ever do that ugly cry? David crying over his sin. He knows he's offended God. And he starts to write, have mercy on me, O God. Forgive me in your abundant mercy. What have I done? The first thing that we see about Psalm 51 is the consequences of sin. Somebody say the consequences. You can write that down and type that in the chat. The consequences of sin. I want to I remind all of us today, sin has a heavy price. Sin has a heavy, heavy price. Psalm 51, a couple of verses in, in verse number eight, look at what he says. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. That's his prayer. God, my bones are like broken bones. That's how crushed he is by sin. Church, I want to remind us today, sin is nothing to play with. Sin is serious. He's committed sin that has left him feeling as if he had broken bones. Several years ago, I was working with my dad. My dad owns a sign business, and we grew up working together with our dad. We had no choice, um, but we, we were working together, and... I remember we were putting up this sign one time. It was late at night, almost midnight. We were finishing this sign, and we were already packing up the truck, ready to go, and we had to finish one last thing. I said, Dad, I'll do it. I grabbed the ladder. I put the ladder on the building. I've shared this story before, and I went up on the ladder. It was pretty high. It was about 30 feet in the air, and um, I didn't secure the ladder. And as I'm finishing the last thing so that we can go, um, the ladder went out from under me. And so I, came, I fell down from 30 feet in the air. I fell down, hit the floor. I lost all of my oxygen, and I fractured two bones. I remember at once I regathered my air, and I thanked my father for holding the ladder. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He was busy. <laughs> I remember I tried getting up from the ground, and I could not because the pain was so bad. Have you ever broken a bone? Like, it's painful. It's painful. I couldn't get up. I needed help. I had fractured my elbow and I had fractured my foot. David says, this sin, it's, it, it feels like I have a broken bone. Like I feel it in my mind, the pain of my sin. He says, it's ever before me. He says, against you and you alone have I sinned. We think that when we sin, when we cheat, when we lie, when we steal, we're doing it to our neighbor or to our spouse. David reminds us the consequences of sin is not that we sin against other people. It's that we sin against God. When we sin, we offend him. Not only do we do damage to others, but we, we have now violated God's justice. Sin has a heavy price to the point where David feels like his bones are broken. Today, some of us are in here. We got broken bones. It feels like my bones are broken. Sin hurts. Sin hurts. And maybe you've tuned out the voice of heaven. Maybe you've turned off the voice from above. And you've made bad decisions. And you continue making bad decisions. But sooner or later, you'll feel the consequences of those sin. Friday morning, I came in here and I was working. And they called me around and told me, they said, hey, let's go grab some lunch. I said, okay, I'll go out and grab some lunch really quick. And I, 
I went into a bag that I have in my office and I was opening my bag and in my bag I have a blade that I usually like use to like shape it up my beard or something like that. You know, I like my beard. Uh, um, as I opened it, the blade was open and I, I sliced open my entire finger. It was really blood, like, like blood gush, gushing out everywhere. Like everywhere, everywhere, it was bad. Um, <laughs> now it was really, really bad. And I felt the pain like, like this cold, cold pain in my stomach. I remember like, Diana! <laughs> like I called Diana. Sin cuts deeper. Sin cuts deeper. Sin is serious. So the, what we have to learn from Psalm 51 is resist sin at all costs. Resist sin at all costs. Do what you have to do so that you don't fall into sin. Today, I don't know what you have to do. I know what I got to do. Do what you have to do so you don't fall into sin. Some of us are like, yeah, I'm doing everything I can so I don't mess up. How far have you gone? How much have you done so that you don't fall into sin? The Hebrew writer reminds us, look what he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Shed blood if you have to, but don't sin. Resist and the devil will flee. Have you resisted to that point today? Some of us, you need to block that number today. Today, today, you need to say goodbye to that coworker. Today, today, you need to block that website. Today, today, you need to grab that laptop, take it out of your room. Today, today, come on, let's not play with sin. Sin has a heavy consequence. Today, get it out. Come on, in Jesus' name. Get it out. David is broken, but broken is a good place to be. Today, you may feel broken, but broken is not bad. I'm going to say that one more time. Broken is not bad. See, in our world, things break and we usually throw them away. God usually breaks things before he uses them. He needs us broken because a broken man is a humble man. An unbroken man is a prideful man. And God needed to break David to remind them, you need me. And David is broken and he's crying before God. And the sheets of paper are covered in tears. But he cries and he calls on God. The second thing we learn from Psalm 51 is the capability of God. Not only the consequences of sin, but number two, the capability of God. See, because David didn't turn to his right-hand man. David didn't turn to social media. David didn't go have a couple of drinks with some of his friends and say, can you help me out? This is my situation. What should I do? He turned to God. Today, where are you turning to? David knew that his condition was so bad. David knew that his bones were so broken. David knew that his conscience was seared. His heart was hardened. David knew he was bad. He was in a poor condition. And David knew there was no natural remedy that could fix him. There was no medicine that he could drink that could bring him back to life. There was nothing natural that he could inject into his body that could revive a cold heart. He only knew there was one God who could revive him. There was only one God who could do it all over again. There was only one source that can bring life to dead bones. Oh, come on. He turns gray oh, into gardens. He'll turn your mourning into dancing. A drink won't do it. Another relationship won't do it. Facebook won't do it. Instagram won't do it. Another car won't do it. There's only one God. And he's all powerful, almighty, and he can bring you and I back.
back to life today. Only one God could do that. David knew if he made the stars, if he made the sun, if he made the heavens and the earth, surely he could make a new heart in me. Today, some of us were so broken. We've made some bad decisions. Life has been rough. Know God's power. Know God's capability. He can make your heart new again. Don't die in your sin. Don't lay in misery. A London psychologist once told Billy Graham that 70% of people in mental hospitals in Europe could be set free if they only knew forgiveness. Because their conscience was so damaged by shame and guilt. Today, some of us in here, shame and guilt has us not running to God, but running from God. And today I want to remind you, there is mercy, love, forgiveness, and grace in God. Second thing we learned, we turn to the arms of mercy immediately. Today, before you run anywhere else, before you go celebrate Father's Day over a grill, before you go to IHOP or Cheesecake Factory, before you go hang with friends, run to the arms of mercy today. His arms are open wide. Come on, that's the good God that we serve today. It doesn't matter if you've cheated, if you're an adulterer, if you're a murderer. Maybe you're saying, I've never done that physically. But all of us have done it intentionally in our mind. You've killed, you've murdered, you've hated, you've done wrong, we've said wrong. But mercy is there to catch us and we can run to his arms today. Come on, that's the good news of the gospel. I was listening. I was listening to this monk who they were interviewing and he says, the the best thing that you can do is as you're falling into sin, fall on your knees into his mercy. Don't wait another day, he said. Some people say, I messed up so much. Next week, I'll talk to God. You ever been there? (laughs) We've all done it. Like, I've messed up. God, I don't even go to church this Sunday. Next Sunday, I'm feeling better. I'll I'll, I'll have one good streak of a week and then I'll go to church. He says, "Go go to God's arms right now. Don't wait another second. Run to him now. Psalm 51, that's why the late great preacher Charles Spurgeon says we should read it out loud and we should make it a song because it teaches us repentance and it teaches us about the goodness of his mercy. He's a merciful God. If David, the adulterer and the murderer could run to God, you can run to God. I'll read you really quick. Some stuff that I I found. St. Claude wrote this. I glorify you in making known how good you are towards sinners. That your mercy prevails over all malice. That nothing can destroy it. That no matter how many times or how shamefully we fail. Or how criminally a sinner need not be driven to despair of your pardon. It is in vain that your enemy Satan and mine sets new traps for me every day. He will make me lose everything else before the hope that I have in your mercy. There's mercy for you today. There's more mercy for you today. An old, incredible woman of God in the 1500s, she was only 24 years old. She was laying in her deathbed and her sisters and her families gathered around and they said, you have this bold confidence and we know why you have this bold confidence. You have it because you've never committed a sin in your life. They thought she was amazing. They thought she was a saint. And she says, even if I committed every single sin in this world, even if I did carry around 
all of my sin and shame, I will still go boldly before him. She says, because I've heard the words that he told Mary Magdalene. I heard the words that he told the woman at the well. I heard the words that he told Matthew, the tax collector. Oh, I've heard his words and they're precious. And so even if all my sin was upon me, it would be like a, like a drop of water dropped in a fiery furnace of his mercy. And in a moment, they would disappear. That's his mercy. Today, all the sin that we've committed, it's like a drop of water in a raging fire of God's love and mercy toward you and toward me. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's the power of the gospel of God. David said, create in me a new heart. Renew my spirit within me. I'm wrong. I failed. I've died spiritually, but only you can make me alive again. Today, call on him. He can give you a new heart. He can renew the spirit within you. Turn to him and him alone. He's powerful. He says, make me whiter than snow. See, David had everything good on the outside, but he knew the inside is what needed fixing. And that's why in Psalm 51, he says, you don't want like all this sacrifice of bulls and goats. What you want is a pure heart. A lot of us are really good at putting an outside act, but God doesn't want your outside. He wants the inside to be right, just like the outside. You can have a designer suit on the outside, but still be broken on the inside. Today, have a hopeful heart because the capability of God is that he can make you new on the inside, just like the outside. Come on, he'll wash you white as snow. That's the good God that we have. We'll finish with this. I'm over time. David is running to God's arms of mercy. He says, create in me a new heart. Renew a brand new spirit within me. Wash me clean. Make me whiter than snow. And then he says, then I will, I will teach transgressors your ways. An old preacher says, a pardoned sinner makes a very loud singer. Verse 15, Psalm 51, he says, oh, I will praise you. See, because when you've been forgiven, when you know what God took you out of, when you know you shouldn't even be here today, some of us can relate to David because we've made poor choices. We've turned our back on God. We decided to call all the shots in our life and we know we ended up in a dead end but his mercy, his grace, his love, his compassion saved us, delivered us, forgave us, picked us up. Oh, come on. He took me out of the miry clay and he set my feet upon our... How can I not praise him? How can I not tell others about him? How can I not proclaim his name? How can I not tell God? Come on. We see the consequences of sin. We see the capability of God. And number three, we see the cheer healed hearts David toward the end he's hopeful David toward the end he's singing praises David toward the end he says I'm telling everybody about the good news of God oh when you've been forgiven you will sing loud some of us we come in here and we look around like why are these people so loud (laughs) person next to me sang off key really loud (laughs) if you only knew what God delivered them from 
Some of us look across this room and we see people jumping up and down and dancing. And I don't like those type of Christians. I like more like chill Christians. These are, I think they're a little charismatic Pentecostal in here. It's not that. If you see where God took me out of, if you knew where I was headed, if you see how good God has been to me. Oh, if I cheer for the heat, you think I'm not going to cheer for my God who gave me a new heart, who gave me a new start, who delivered me, who saved me, who took me out of my sin. Oh, who forgave me when I didn't deserve it, who picked me up in his grace, who picked me up in his mercy. Oh, you bet I'm going to pray. You bet I'm going to tell the world how good God is. Come on, he's an awesome God. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But in his goodness, he's been good to me and to you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you today. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Help us to always praise your name. Let these broken bones rejoice. Let us hear of your good news, God. And we'll teach transgressors your way. We'll tell this world how good you are, God. You're an awesome God. You're a good God. Thank you for Psalm 51. Thank you that we can learn from David's life what it is to turn in repentance towards you. God, we lift up hands today and we say, God, forgive us. Have mercy on us, oh God, if we failed, if we've done wrong. Forgive us, God, if we've hurt your heart. Because it has been you and you alone who we've sinned against. We haven't sinned against our family. We haven't sinned against our spouses. We haven't sinned against our bosses. They may be included, but it's really against you who we've sinned. And so today we make this song a public song saying, Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us in your abundant mercy. Create in us a new heart. Renew the spirit within us. Thank you that we can run to you. And all of our sin, our shame, our guilt will be like a drop of water in the fiery furnace of your mercy. And it'll turn to vapor as your love consumes all of our wrong. Today we're thankful. We're saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Some of us don't deserve to be here. Some of us should have been long gone a long time ago. Some of us should have been in prison. Some of us should have been put away a long time ago. Our sins should have killed us. But your mercy said no. Your love rescued us. You came in the arms of a good father and wrapped us up. You are that good shepherd that looks for the lost sheep. You are that homeowner that looks for the lost coin. And you are that good father that waits for the prodigal to come back home. So today we say thank you. Forgive us. Thank you. With eyes closed and head bowed. With eyes closed and head bowed all over this place. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. If you're here today and you feel far from God and you're saying, Alex, I know my relationship with God is broken. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. 
There's not one perfect person in this place. There's not a perfect person watching. We've all hurt the heart of God. We've all sinned, made bad choices, bad decisions, tuned up the voice of heaven. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. Because of our decisions, God can't be with us because he's holy. He can't be with sin. But the Bible says that God is also love, so he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin. Jesus grabbed the sins of the world, put them on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and Jesus died for our sins. Today, with every eye closed, every head bowed, no distractions. Come on, dream team praying, pastors praying. Jesus died for our sins. He went up on a cross and he died for me and he died for you. The Bible says he died, he went down to a grave, but after three days, death could not hold him down. Jesus resurrected. Jesus is alive. And he wants to give you a brand new life. Today, if you're saying, my my relationship with God is broken, I feel far, I feel distant. I know I have sin in my life. I'm going to count to three. While everybody's praying in a moment of privacy and prayer, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. I'm going to count to three. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for a second or two. I just want to see who I'm praying for. And then you can put it right back down. Every eye closed. If that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness. Today, I want Jesus to be my savior. I want to return home like that son. I want to be that daughter that comes back home to the father. If that's you, at the count of three. Even if you're at home online, you can make that decision. Raise your hand. One, two. Three, raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. I see you, God bless you. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Amazing, amazing. If you're at home, you raise up your hand. You guys can put it right back down. I want you all to say this prayer with me. The Bible says if you want to be saved, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. That's what we're doing together. I'm going to lead you in this first easy prayer, but you can talk to God any place, anywhere. Come on, all of us together. Why don't we pray together? Everybody say this after me out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Oh, come on. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. Hands went up all over the auditorium. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to give you a free Bible. If you're here, go to a tent outside. They're going to high-five you and give you a free Bible. Don't leave this place without this Bible in your hands. If you're at home, send us a text to that number on the screen. We'll mail one out to you. The rest of us, come on, anybody thankful for the mercy of God? Anybody thankful for his good mercy? Come on, he's an awesome God. Thank you, Rich. Come on, this week, add that song to your catalog. And let's always repent and run back to his arms. This mercy, run to his arms of mercy. This summer, run back to his arms of love. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what you've done. He's a good God. He loves us and he's kind. Come on, anybody grateful for that? He's an awesome God. Awesome, awesome God. Hey, the rest of you, happy Father's Day to every single dad. Enjoy your day. Go spend some time with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. Take a picture with uh, some of your family out there. We're photo booth. We got a giveaway. We love you. Let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. And then we're going to worship. Sing this song out one more time.
about all his promises. God, we thank you. We love you for your goodness, for your grace. You are so good to us, so kind to us. And today we praise you. We love you. We worship you. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We praise you for all you've done. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.